Welcome to the Boldly Business Podcast, brought to you by Sage and Fin24. I am your host, Graham Richards. In this podcast, we chat to a range of dynamic entrepreneurs across Mzanzi as they take us through their journey to profit. Through the season, we will identify their mistakes so you don't have to repeat them, get game-changing tips, and learn from their lessons to get you closer to being the business owner you want to be. In today's episode, we have the pleasure of sitting down with Tandi Mbulaheni, the Squin CEO. So for a bit of background, growing up as a young girl in Soweto, Johannesburg, it was always her dream to see the world. And in 2018, she settled down in one of the most beautiful places in the world, Cape Town, to take up the stewardship of a small indie skincare brand that you might have heard of called Squin. That's, of course, Afrikaans for clean. Squin represents everything that we love about Africa. Our vibrant, innovative formulas are a joyful celebration of our communities and flora. That's according to the brand. This local skincare brand includes local indigenous botanicals unique to South Africa and other African countries used for millennia by local tribes. I love that. It is Tandi's ambition to leapfrog this well-loved local South African brand onto the world stage. And she certainly sounds like the right person to do it. With 15 years of brand building experience with blue chip FMCG companies, she has all the expertise to drive growth and storytelling into Squin, which is vital. A very warm and bold welcome to the Bold Leap Business Podcast, Tandy. Uh, Tandy, uh, that CV got me excited, excited <laughs> about the brand, excited about you. It is vital for me in these crazy times because no one globally has been unaffected to do a little check-in. So first of all, before we talk about your amazing business and your own trajectory in that, how are you? How have you endured the last year and a half? Yeah, uh, the last, I would say, 18 months have been hellish, to, <laughs> to say the least, um, especially for, obviously, for, for South Africans, for the normal, you know, uh, family but also for uh, businesses, especially entrepreneurs. Uh, we're running a business, uh, you're employing people, uh, but then you have the stop, start, stop, start. Um, and then uh, to add on that, all our raw materials, packaging materials are coming from international markets. So you have this logistic <laughs> nightmare. So it, it was like a hell in a- How are those imports treating you? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so you have uh, three months, uh, long lead times of uh, ex exporting. Um, so it was uh, a rude awakening type of experience, but also it was a learning curve because now you're thinking outside the box. You're thinking, um, uh, you're forward thinking of understanding what's, what else can come and also ensuring that ideally it's not of, it's not of ideal uh, currently, but from a cash flow. Now you have to obviously start buying more because you're bringing things in because of all these uh, logistic nightmares. Um, so it does impact your cash flow because now your inventory is sitting there. So cash is sitting there in inventory. But it's those type of things that make you an agile manager, business owner, because you know that there is demand. Customers, are, especially with the uh, e-commerce, uh, especially last year, literally there was so much demand coming from our uh, D2C e-commerce uh, channel that you either have stock 
or uh, or demand goes. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was that mix. But gotta gotta act, think fast. fast yes. <laughs> so it, it was that. And if I look at take take a step step back back, for me it was a lot of learning, a lot of growth, um, and it made us a resilient uh, company. Because coming out of it now, we know what to expect and how to deal with our partners and more importantly, our customers. I'm glad you said more importantly, our customers, because that's at the end of the day, what every business, large or small, is there to do. And I think, if anything, COVID has forced us to look at that as a more meaningful relationship. It's not just about bottom line. It's a, it's, it's a two-way flow. I always um, tell my team it's, it's, it's a dialogue. It's, it's no longer a monologue. We, in the past, as a, as a lifelong marketeer, I used to tell, you know, you advertise on TV, you do radio ads, and it was just a monologue here, buy this product. Now with this new age, uh, and especially with COVID, our customers are calling us, uh, are, are wanting to talk to us on social media. Um, so for me, that dialogue, that intimate space, this is for me a new territory, which I enjoy. Versus my previous where it was basically here, uh, go and buy. He, he who spends the most money on television advertising has the, the, the best bottom line for sure. Um, but now choices matter and we care about what we put into our body and what we put on our body, hence the birth of Squirn. Tell us about the company. What, what is Squirn all about? Yes. So uh, Squirn was founded in 2015. Uh, by Stella Cioli. So she's the founder and my business partner. Um, So when I asked her, how do you uh, form the company? She said um, she basically went through a local newspaper. There was a small filler uh, article. And that uh, article basically said, uh, on average, people use 115 ingredients uh, uh, to basically either wash their face or moisturize. And when she saw that and saying 115 ingredients, and then she w- went into her, her bathroom vanity and opened up and checked all the ingredients. And literally a lot of them were toxic. A lot of them were not clean. And it was a laundry list of basically things that she's never heard of. So for her, it was more of how do I bring products that are clean, that are non-toxic, that are basically uh, from um, the environment and into the customer's life. So it was all about simplicity, about you don't need a laundry list of things. It's basically the simpler, the better. So that's how for her, Scorn came up into being. And then they brainstormed the names. There were multiple names um, <laughs> because, yes, she's an Afrikaans lady. Um, Scorn basically made sense. And for me coming into the brand, uh, I always tell her, Scorn for me was actually perfection. Because I'm from the township, um, and in you know in the, uh, in, in the township, when, when when something is perfect, where you're looking good, we say you're squin. You're squin. You're squin. Yeah. So for for me, it, it just shows you that this brand can you know it started as the skincare, yeah. but it can be a lifestyle brand where it's not just about the cleanness of the ingredient, but the overall uh, exuding. Um, that confidence. So, uh, so I always laugh at that. That for me, it was a perfect name because it interacts with yes, our Afrikaans community, but also with our Black uh, community. Simplicity is key. You have said this, especially for a, a company. And I know we're going to go through the kind of the, the journey of maturation of this company. Hence, your introduction as the CEO. What are the products that are on offer? Because surely you, you can't push the boat out too far and then go and sell 50 different products. You need to also be simplistic in your product 
offering so that you can make sure you're selling what you're producing? So for, for, for me coming into the business and luckily Stella um, agreed with this, it's, it's not about basically being wide from a p- portfolio. Uh, it's not about stretching and having have multiple SKUs because then you're not uh, driving the simple message of actually less is more. Um, yes, you can have deep uh, products in the sense of you can have a moisturizer that basically uh, a number of SKUs in it. Um, so to, to, to talk, to, to answer your question on, um, the, the products, we basically, are um, we have topicals, uh, which is what you apply on your face. So we have your cleansers, your moisturizers, your serums, and your concentrates. And then last year we launched the first, I would say ever, especially for an skin brand, ingestible beauty. Well, we call it the 360 skin inside out, where it's basically a, a beauty smoothie that has all the vitamins, the nutritions that basically help. Because I, I didn't know this. What I love about Stella is we basically um, help each other with all the information. So she's more the science brain and more the marketing brain. And she told me saying, Tandy, do you know that your skin health starts from the gut? I was going to say, it's probably I know a, that. a ridiculous, like an 80-20 split. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't know that. I just thought like any average person, your skincare is basically, you know, you're either born with it, which is in some cases is genetic. But I, I didn't understand that the, how the gut uh, came into being. Um, so how Ingestible Beauty was born was that information of actually let's go into the root cause of skin health. And the root cause of skin health is gut health. And we basically put together these, or she obviously as a head of R&D, put together this uh, Nutri Cosmetics, which one is uh, uh, targets elasticity, uh, sagging and wrinkles. One targets uh, hyperpigmentation which basically affects both uh, white skin and uh, uh, brown skin. And uh, the other one is breakouts, especially for your Gen Zs and millennials. That's basically the the problem. And all of them have targeted ingredients that are clean, that are natural, that are uh, to the brand ethos. Um, And when you drink that and apply your skin, your school and skin topicals, we are giving you a 360 skincare routine. We're currently no brand I can venture to say even international big brands, no one is offering this 360 um, uh, deliverable. So for me, that's what excites me. Uh, We are a small brand, but very innovative, very forefront in what we, we, we are building. So I don't know if I did answer uh, from a portfolio. Yeah. yeah. Well, you got me really <laughs> excited because it, it's, it, yeah, I'm of that age. And every time you talk about sagging skin, I'm wondering why you're looking at my, my face, but I, I, I obviously have been able to, luckily from my position in my job in media, examine this from n- numerous angles. And it's amazing that you are approaching it from that perspective, the 360. I get that. But then you are very bravely building your entire brand image around indigenous botanicals. Sounds great. But then you've got to actually have a supply chain. You've got to be able to take that R&D and create products out of that. I mean, why the choice to focus on that specifically? I think for me, the choice was also me coming into the business and stamping my own uh, um, strategy and direction for the company. Because I didn't want to come in and just basically say, oh, this is what um, Stella and the uh, previous uh, people had. It was basically what also I saw. And, you know, I've worked international markets. I'm a South African. I'm an African. And I've lived in Soweto, in the townships. And what I've 
what I grew up with was seeing the mamas and the gogos in basically where I grew up will take um, basically um, sand and um, especially when it rained because then it became fertile and, and strong. They'll apply that to their face. Uh, they'll basically forage before for because foraging now is like the the it's thing. so hot right now <laughs> exactly when I grew up foraging uh, was was the it was so, for survival yeah, exactly so exactly. If, if I looked at at my history and and my neighborhood for me botanicals were always there uh, botanicals uh, especially with regards to the benefits either of health skin care was always there so for me it was not new so now this new trend of clean beauty. Uh, botanicals when everyone is talking about it yes it's nice and trending but that's that's where i've it's been set circle, back yeah. i'm like actually i grew up with it so to answer your question that's when i, I said to still and said let's look at your at the formulas she already had buhus in those formula and we get buhu from our farmers here in cape town we had rose hip in our rose hip oil which we source the, these rose hip from um, farmers in lesotho we had uh, uh, shea butter from Ghana, where we sourced it from a supplier in Ghana. So she had already these things, but from a marketing, because she doesn't have the marketing lens or eye, she wasn't talking that. She was just talking more the clean beauty, the science of it. And for me, from a storytelling and from giving it a much more body, it was how do we then communicate where these things come from and the history of where these ingredients, um, uh, the benefit of these ingredients. So that's how I, how the botanicals came into being involved. CEO, um, I'm assuming just listening to you that you probably could have taken any job anywhere in the world by, by the, the, the path that you are on. Let's be honest. You chose this gig. You chose to work in the online space with this amazing product. Why? What, what motivates you in your role now? Um, so for me, uh, why I wanted to leapfrog from, um, the normal FMCG, uh, building that, uh, business into this online fast moving it's cause this is, if, if FMCG is fast moving, this is something else. <laughs> this is light speed. Like, like, yeah. This is light speed. Um, but the fundamentals was we basically talk to, uh, it's, it's all about human connections. Um, it's all about selling brands to humans or services. And for me, it's taking that saying I've done that. But the nice thing about online is that these, the, the human beings that I'm talking to, I'm now interacting with them directly. They are on my Instagram, sending me messages. They are on my email or uh, info email, email. They are calling me. They are on my Facebook. They're on my TikTok. So there are all these things where in my past uh, life, it was, I said earlier, TV and radio, they're sitting at home, you're shooting a commercial, you don't know who is your, your customer from that sense. So for me, online- Now you actually know exactly, your customer exactly. by name. So yeah. online for me excited me. I could take all that education, all that experience, but now literally understand and talk to Graham, my, my customer. And, and then she, he can come and say, I'm not happy with this or I'm happy with this. And we can have a conversation. And also the, the, the data is, is, is fresh. The data, you know, you know what ad is performing well because you can do your A/B testing. You know, uh, basically which region is ticking, which region is not. So everything is so quick and so uh, the turnaround. You're able to experiment. So for me, I wanted that shift in just my own CV, my own experience, to to understand that because I'm more from that traditional marketing. 
I wanted to taste something else on online. And if I look back, I believe I made the right decision. I, I, I think you have. <laughs> I think you've future-proofed yourself, to, to use a cliche that, that has been banded about a lot lately. Yes, this greater understanding, almost the singularity in understanding of market is great. You've got the data there, you can track it, but then you need the strategies in place to be able to react to that data so that it affects the bottom line and obviously the efficiency for the customer, because ultimately online, we want it. We want it fast. And as you say, in light speed in, in many instances, and we'll let you know, and other people know if we aren't getting it exactly. like that. So what strategies have you put in place? So for me, the, the strategies is building a company from how I was, I was brought up, um, the fundamentals. Because if I look at um, Stella and the team, they were pure entrepreneurs. They didn't know about uh, basically that there's something called the virtuous cycle of growth. And as, a, as, an, as, as a, now a, a corporate person coming into the business, it was, I wanted to stamp those type of growth strategies without trying to make it too corporate. So it was, the first thing was leadership focus for me was understanding who is in the team because everyone was wearing multiple hats and we still do. But now it was just saying, you're responsible for that. Like Stella was the founder, but now I want you to be the head of R&D. You're going to basically be running focus on, focus what, you do on best. The, what you do best. Then we basically looked at hiring a head of sales uh, to say, we now need to look at operation, operating more, uh, opening more uh, points of distribution. So for me, leadership and talent was the first thing to assess, uh, first of all. The second one was strategy, uh, focusing on what is our long-term strategy. Currently, uh, entrepreneurs look at today and tomorrow. That is fine as you start, but as you grow, it's going to catch up with you. So now you need to look at the three to five years. And it's not too detailed, but just to say, where are we going? Um, just from, from, from those uh, uh, points. And um, for me, the, the, the third one was basically sales and marketing execution ensuring that we have in-market execution. So those uh, 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 P's that we know, you know, the five P's, ensuring that you have a go-to market. So for me, those things are fundamental regardless of the size of business. But the minute you have those strategies, it helps you uh, grow. And then the, the last one was return on investment focus. We need to be a business that is profitable, that we are right, we're driving the right mix from a channel. So we're, we're going to the right channels, not everywhere. Uh, we're looking at the, the right products that are basically profitable because once you, you have that virtual uh, uh, cycle, it helps you to reinvest that marketing money, that money into marketing. And then you have all the, the dollars to uh, get the brand out and, and sell it. Um, so those are the, I would say, the four strategies that I brought was a, a focus on leadership, on looking at the long-term, medium to long-term strategy and having it in place. What are the five building blocks that we want? Marketing and uh, sales excellence that we need to drive distribution, marketing, uh, um, uh, uh, flawless execution. So if you go to a Foshini, uh, you see point of sale of Skun, it needs to look like uh, the, the big Squirn. brands. It exactly. needs to look Skun. It needs to look Skun. <laughs> uh, and the, the fourth one was uh, basically return on investment that, yes, I am driving a, a business. Um, we are uh, obviously play, uh, paying employees. You were put there for a reason. Exactly. Let's, let's be open and honest about <laughs> so that. So it, it needs to be profitable, but also take that profit and push it back into the, into the brand so that you have much more demand and customers seeing the, the brand. You're listening to the Bold Leap Business Podcast brought to you by Sage and Fin24. 
I'm going to ring the, the bell. Ding, 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 ding. We now move into round nine <laughs> as you, you take this to an international market. This is a brand with big plans. I'm looking at a CEO with big plans for that brand. But this is where it becomes quite interesting because the internal, the international market is going to operate. They're not going to have the same experience with South African botanicals that you've had. Maybe not the same emotional buying point, but maybe we have become one global village, especially over the last year and a half. We've all shared one global experience. What are your plans for the global market and how does a company prepare and create the infrastructure to be able to go global? Uh, so that's also a false um, premise to say international don't, might not necessarily want uh, something like botanical. So for me, people don't buy brands anymore. People now buy into brands. And it's important that you need to have value as a brand. What do you stand for? What also do you stand against? Um, you need to be, uh, you, you need to stand for something. Also, you need also to be unapologetic for what you stand for. So for me, that's where, when I came in uh, uh, 18 months ago, it was, and that's where I wanted us to move into this botanical, being proud of being African, ancestral beauty was for me, that's what we, the value of the brand is, regardless if you're sitting in Australia, you're sitting in, in Chicago. Why? Because if, if I'm selling you just a clean brand, any brand in international market is selling you that, but you need to have a story. You need to have something that ticks, that, that basically- Well, if other countries are doing it, the French are doing it. Exactly. They're selling you something. It's amazing because it's French. Exactly. This is exactly. from the Swiss. So it's amazing. So why yes. can't? Why can't we? Why can't we? And for me, that, that's especially having been in these markets, why are we apologetic of Africa? Mm -hmm. And that's where I would say, for me, this position- of botanicals, of ancestral. And I love the word ancestral. It's all about taking the brand, looking at our forefathers, our forebearers, our foremothers. This is how they used to. Now I'm taking that old school and bringing in innovation and technology to it, and I'm taking it into the world. So to answer your question on international, for me, that's my story. That's why I'm excited to take school and international because I'm not taking just a product. I'm taking the story, the I'm taking yeah. a, a narrative, I'm taking um, the storytelling of this is who we are. And, for, and uh, from a South Africa point of view, from an Africa point of view, but also from an international point of view. Um, so as, as a team, we're excited. Um, but yes, there's a lot, lot of work that we're currently doing. Uh, and I'm sure embracing it. It is very <laughs> exciting. And, and you talk about R&D. How yes. about... 2,000 years of R&D because exactly. literally yes. the last five generations exactly. have been using and that's these, what we've these said. botanicals. Yeah. This, this has been um, an ongoing market research. This has been the longest market research in a, a living history. That's basically it. If you look at it. The first time someone took mud and put it on their face exactly. to achieve something. To achieve boom. something. And, and why they achieved, why they put that, because I also didn't understand until now and then I was like, wow, that's so clever. The, the, the mud or the clay was also, it was helping to mask, uh, for masking, but also because it was taking all the, the oil buildup from your skin. Drawing out impurities. Exactly. Yeah. But that's, and now we're creating all these beautiful masks, but the, the same premise was there. The wisdom of the gogo. Yes. Now, <laughs> we see it playing out in so many other areas where these incredible gogos are looking after communities, are shaping the, the course of young people's lives. Why would it not be the case exactly. with, with botanicals? Exactly. I, I get you. I understand the narrative and I, I love that. 
It sounds like you, you've had some interesting gateways to pass through in your journey. And as much as you're painting a very positive picture, I'm sure there have been moments where you've questioned <laughs> yourself, questioned the process, questioned the big decision to, to make this move. What have been some of those biggest lessons you've learned through this, this path? Um, for me, the, the biggest le- lesson is patience. <laughs> um, Do you have it? No, I don't. Uh, uh, and I think at this point, I'm, I'm, I'm driving my team mad. Um, and also, uh, yes, it's a fault um, in the sense of, you know, I, I come from my previous life, corporate. corporate Fast had, moving corporate as well, yeah. And also you had layers and layers of people. You, you know, you were just managing your thing, but you had other uh, support uh, from other functions. Here, you're literally a small team and people are doing so much, and but you also want more out of them. So I had to, and I'm still a process where I have to step back and saying, actually, there's a lot on our plate. What can we focus on? And it's something that we term internally FBB, fewer, bigger, better. Fewer, Rather, bigger, better. focus okay. on the few things, make them bigger. Let, let them explode, but also in a best way versus doing 10 or 20 things. And then you're just doing drip, drip, drip strategy. So for me, it's, it's, those, it's that type of thing that I've seen now that I need to also not unleash myself 100%. <laughs> but uh, that, that's, yeah, that's been a tough one because I have all these, this, all these ideas and what, what I want to do. But I also need to understand that, you know, the team also doesn't come from that experience. They only know what they know. Um, so I need to basically take them on the journey, even if it means that it's, it might be at a slower pace than what I'm used to. Learning lessons as an entrepreneur now, and I, I recently heard the term intrapreneur, where you're an entrepreneur in a bigger structure. And I think you, you almost defy classification now because you've crossed. Yes, I've crossed over, both. <laughs> um, into both I've sides. Both. Um, but I think every entrepreneur out there faces that same difficulty because you want to do it. You want to launch it. You want to, and you often then miss out on critical steps along that, that process. But I, I, I could just hear all the pens on, on paper, bigger. Um, I I love that. I really do better. I I absolutely Uh, love that. FBB. Focused and strategic versus uh, try to touch as many things um, because then you dilute the the presence. So you dilute the the magnifying um, uh, microphone that you would have. Um, So for me, that's what now trying to bring that into, into the team. But yes, it's, it's, it's not an easy as it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> it's a challenge. Um, and, and it must be all good things um, need a, a, a challenging path. You yourself have mentioned, okay, bar a person being able to email you directly. And it seems like you take quite an active involvement in that process, but you've made it one of your pillars to listen to your audience. You yourself have said it's now a two-way conversation. So what tools do you use to get that information, how do you engage with your your consumer? Um, so, uh, for for my engagement, I think currently with the face group, uh, um, Facebook uh, group that has made life obviously easy because obviously you have Facebook, you have Instagram, um, you have WhatsApp. So we have all of these uh, things uh, that we communicate with our uh, audiences, but also uh, our customer care line where they call in. Um, but also they can come into the factory because we have people, uh, the w- walk-ins, uh, wow. not in a bad way, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, customers come in, knock at the door and saying, can I please have a skin consultation? 
Um, so we basically uh, sit with them, uh, talk them through because uh, customers, to, uh, to what I said earlier, they, they want someone to talk to. Um, they, they they ventured and left their home to drive to school because they really wanted to buy the product, but they had questions. So they they come into the company, uh, we sit with them, we take them through the skin uh, process. So it's we're using all the uh, online e-commerce tools to to communicate, but also that old school where people call in or also drop by. You you get that right, and you will have a customer for life. Yes, exactly, because now they've literally they've seen you or they've seen a, a school in person type of thing, and they know what you say to them, how you made them feel. Um, they know they trust you. So, you know, tomorrow they might also not have skincare problem because sometimes they some, tell us about their personal lives or some, some other things, but you just have to sit there, even if you're busy and, and just listen and, 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 and hear. So to answer your point, it's, it's obviously the new age ways of connecting, but also that old school of people can uh, call in, uh, people basically uh, come in. And we interact with them, um, especially uh, uh, Stella and uh, my customer experience manager, Emma. They basically love uh, to, uh, to talk to this customer for in, in that sense of detail and, and, and sitting around like the fire with them type of thing. Um, so we have that and uh, we, we, we use it very well. Builds that emotional investment, which is, is amazing to me. So all of these key lessons learned, the 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 key tools that you've picked up on now in building an online business. Do you feel that you're getting it right in your journey as a CEO? And what are those tools that you would recommend for another brand that is looking to build their online presence and ultimately become a successful business online? What's been your key to success? For me, I would say there are five things that you need to look at. And this is what I've seen uh, coming in is you need, first of all, to, uh, specify your niche and, and also uh, basically your brand and what you stand for. You can't be in anything and everything uh, to, to everyone. To everyone. Sure. So you need to understand this is what, um, you know, I'm, I'm selling and this is, is the product. And also you need to understand your audience very well, especially with online. You're able to, you're able to understand not only just what, you know, the, in the past you'll say they're LSM this, uh, oh, they're black sure, yeah. or they are white or they live uh, in, in, in uh, Parkhurst or they live wherever. Now you can go into the psychographic of that customer. You understand them very well. So for me, that's another thing that you need to know who your customer is. It's almost a marketing singularity. It's exactly. the fact that you can get your market research done in the moment. In the moment. And the, the third one for me is focus on content marketing. Content is still key, uh, king, as, as, as the really? saying goes. Okay. So blogs, you need as a, as a brand, you need to basically ensure that you are blogging, uh, talking about today we're, we're launching, let's say you have an ingredient, you want to talk about niacinamide, um, uh, uh, vitamin B3, what is niacinamide? You need to write about it. And in, 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 in what we do at Scorn is we have a tonality of our, uh, of our brand where we say we are a friend brand. We, when we write up things, I want the customer to understand it in the way that I, as if, if I'm a, a friend, talk to another friend in that accessible, accessible mm. way, not very high and, and scientific. And email marketing is critical. For me, you need to ensure that you're, uh, you're, getting, you're building your, your database on your email list and you're sending out your emailers. Spamming. Are you spamming not people? Not spamming. <laughs> <laughs> it's not spamming. It's uh, obviously strategic. Uh, it's, it's not spamming. And obviously now with, with copy, people can uh, you know, uh, uh, 
refuse uh, we're, to. We're a lot more savvy with the exactly. way we, we consume information we consume, in that but way. But for, yeah. for me, email marketing is critical and, and most people don't understand that. Um, and so for me, that is that content is, is king. And also the, the, th- the third thing for me, um, or the fourth thing is invest in video marketing. Uh, today, especially the, the young uh, consumer, they, they want quick snippets of movement of video. That's why TikTok. you see TikTok is booming. Yeah. booming. That's why TikTok is like, uh, you know, has gone wild. It's because of that. Customers or, or consumers now have, are able to create videos. So as a brand, you need to be able to create those uh, short videos and not just that long 30 second, 35 second copies that we used to do in the past. So for me, from an online, you need to look at that. And the, the fifth thing is paid media is critical. Regardless of how many dollars or rands, small rands you have, ensure that you put some money into paid media. Why? Because it helps you to get reach. Because that's what you want. You want not only your core customers to know you, but also you want to start uh, attracting more customers. And for me, reach is the the first critical thing that uh, apart from engagement, reach is the most critical thing that you want because you want as many eyeballs to see your brand because for a person to engage with you, they needed to have seen you. So reach is the most important thing first. So for me, that's what I will say. And um, I will say lastly, establish partnerships. And this is with like especially PR with influencers, with ambassadors, influencers, influencers, all these things. Why? Because sometimes it's about that word of mouth. Uh, sometimes it's about, uh, especially now, influencers Just are the right a business endorsement. now. Yeah, exactly, for sure. they are they are driving these things. For me, a brand needs to have that partnership. Once you have all these elements, then you test and learn, and then the things that are, are doing well, you scale. Those for me, I would say, you know, is have, understanding your niche. And finding a right uh, a brand, uh, basically understanding who your audience is very well. And then content is king. You need to be producing content marketing and videos. You need to drive that. And then you basically uh, take that and put them into your paid media so that you can get much more uh, reach. And then uh, uh, tag on to that old school PR or modern PR now with influencers and partners, webinars coming into these type of uh, uh, talks. So the layers, for exactly. sure. It's yeah. all about that because that gives you all that online presence. So it's, for me, it's not one thing. Uh, um, what I've seen is all these multiple things. And then once you've uh, tested and learned, and that's a nice thing I like, you, you can test. And you if something's not working, yeah. you scrap it. And tomorrow you, you do another thing. And the things that work, you put much more resource, you put much more uh, rands or dollars behind that. And then from, those are the type of things that I would say is what uh, uh, the normal average person can do to start an online business. And I suppose then it becomes even more important with this multidimensional flow of content out to have that one core common, and in your case, very compelling narrative flowing through all exactly. of that. Exactly. So everyone always that knows where they stand. Yes, exactly. I I love that. I'm just thinking you're so lucky there's not a camera here. Otherwise, you would have had to do a, a choreographed 15 second dance for, for TikTok. <laughs> so you're getting off lightly for that one. I, I'm very excited now and I am someone who buys in emotionally invests in things very quickly. <laughs> and, and that might've happened because you've given me the gateway, but also partly because the brand is seeming so exciting for me. There seem to be in your life cycle, you're at the, the beginning of something great. So what is next to round us off here, inspire us 
with the next phase of Squin's uh, life cycle? For us, what's next is always innovation. And that's one, one thing uh, I love. We have in our pipeline, I would say from next month, um, we have a uh, new innovation coming. I can't uh, now say what it is. Uh, we'll chat about so that in our exactly, next podcast. You'll see it's cool. uh, what's coming. Um, but also in, um, in the beginning of next year, we are also looking at partnering with, um, with doctors and um, and um, a dermatologist, okay. but not just from um, yes, understanding your skin, but understanding your skin in detail, that your DNA of the skin, uh, and how then we can take these products, uh, Squin products, and our ingestible, and address the fundamental DNA, and not just the discussion on oh, Graham or Tandy, you have dry skin, you have oily skin, you have uh, normal or balanced skin. What what is your, your genetics on, on skin and how do we solve that? So for me, that's exciting. That's what we are uh, uh, coming with in the next, um, uh, I would say, a couple of months. And again, that's new um, and, and no one else so far is, is venturing into that, especially in a skincare brand or partnering with that scientific um, uh, DNA lab. And uh, the, the bigger one is obviously international. Uh, we are currently working to opening doors. Uh, we, we are currently uh, discussing with the US and uh, the UK and uh, Australia. We're sending a couple of um, uh, products there. So that's also for me exciting that um, this narrative, the storytelling and the ingredients. And, and, and the, what I love is Scorn hasn't had to actually knock at people's door. It's the opposite. We are getting knocks at our door. We're literally being bombarded and my sales team are like, we cannot do everything. And that's where the FBB, we are basically being bombarded with people saying, can, I, can we list your products in these countries? Um, so that's basically what, what we are uh, looking at doing next is how do we take Squin and, and, and sell it to the American to sell how it. How do we increase capacity? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> how do we sell it to the international market? And, and for me, that's um, excited, uh, exciting. And, and also looking at um, also from a portfolio, yes, we are a lifestyle brand, but can we, because uh, we are a skincare brand, we are all about skin, but is there other opportunities without uh, broadening the range where we can go into? Um, so th- there's a lot that we can do with a brand. It's exciting, but again, we need to stick to that FBB because then we, we can go crazy. <laughs> I, I was convinced you were going to say breathables. The next phase is breathable you skincare. Know. You never know. Um, you never, ever know. Yeah, um, we are literally is- uh, excited and uh, we're innovating and looking at new new technologies. So, yeah, you'll never know what I can bring out or what we as a team can bring out. But most importantly, you are staying true to yourselves, your vision, and you seem to be very proud custodians of a very proud tradition. Um, tread lightly for it's upon my dreams that you tread. And I think you guys really do understand that, that you are carrying something that, that is delicate and fragile and special. And that to me is what's excited me most. So, so impressive. You're just the most impressive <laughs> human being I've met in uh, ages. You are you, wonderful. <laughs> You've inspired me. Uh, I would imagine if there are any headhunters out there, they uh, might <laughs> might be contacting you via that info line that you, you gave out a little bit earlier. But um, really exciting to, to see where you are headed with a South African company. 
do you have a do you have dividends or shares? Yes. Any? Oh, well done. I do. Okay, good. <laughs> Um, now I feel completely fine about this. Um, this has been wonderful. It's been enlightening. Thank you so much for taking the time oh, to open a window much. into your, thank your you. beautiful mind. I enjoyed the conversation. <laughs> it, it really has been special. I think for the take home here, if you are wanting to launch a business online or take your business to the next level online, yes, there are amazing tools to use. Use them. They are there within the social media platforms that we engage with every day. Listen to your customers, take the time to build a connection. But as we enter into this multi-dimensional space where we are blasting content and messaging out there, stay true to your vision, know what that is, and be unapologetic about it. Back yourself, put it out there, and just like Squirn, the rest of the entire world might jump on board. And that's a wrap on this week's podcast. Join us again next time as we give you more tips to own your business journey. I'm your host, Graham Richards, and you are listening to the Bold Leap Business Podcast.